Zakri, are we starting? Yeah, inshallah, you can start. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Walaqibatu lil-muttaqeen. Ashadu an la ilaha illallah. Wahdahu la sharika lah. Wa ashadu anna muhammadan abduhu wa rasooluh. Sallallahu alayhi wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'een. Amma ba'd. In the name of Allah, the most merciful, the one who bestows mercy. Indeed, all praise is due to Allah, the Lord of the world. And may peace and blessings be upon our beloved Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, upon his family, companions, and all those who follow the guidance of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam until yawm al-qiyamah. Beloved brothers and sisters, uh, this webinar, this lecture is being conducted online due to the situation that we find ourselves in, that many of us are isolated in our houses. However, alhamdulillah, the obligation of learning and the obligation of teaching and the obligation of da'wah and the obligation of nasiha, it remains and it carries on. Ikhut al-Iman, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has bestowed upon us many blessings. And one of these blessings is the home that we live in. And therefore, this lecture has been organized and it's been divided into two parts. The first of which being today. Uh, in the first part of this, firstly, a mention of the blessings which Allah has bestowed upon us and how Allah tests us through the blessings and also the a blessing of a house and appreciating the true blessing of a house and then that our houses should be a place of tranquility and comfort and belonging and we're going to cover that the rectification of the houses and maintaining your homes, this is a religious obligation, a shari obligation before it being a uh, human obligation. Afwanusaz. And then your, your voice just gone down a little bit. Can you come closer, Slot? Afwan. Can you hear me? La, it just distorted for a bit. Let's see if I can put this on. Is it clear now? Yeah. Is it clear? Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you, Ustad. Okay, it's clear. Now, so I was saying, and then the final topic which we're going to cover today is the importance of one's house and home, especially in a time of fitna. And then in the second part to this lecture, we're going to go through certain pieces of advice in maintaining our homes and rectifying our homes and some of the etiquettes that we should have and cultivate our family upon when living in a Muslim home. And then finally, some of the mistakes, some of the common mistakes which occur in our homes and how, therefore that we should be aware of them and try to 
rectify them. So, first of all, and before we begin, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has bestowed upon us with many blessings and favors. And if a person was to think and try to enumerate the blessings which Allah has given us, you will not be able to do so. So your intellects and your minds are a ni'mah from Allah. And your health is a ni'mah, a blessing from Allah. And subhanAllah, you realize the great blessing of health, especially when you're living in these types of days in which 1,800 people have died or so just in the UK. So your mind and your intellect is a ni'mah, your health is a ni'mah. You being able to see if Allah's blessed you with sight is a ni'mah. You being able to hear, if able to hear, is a ni'mah. You being able to walk is a blessing from Allah. Your touch and your senses are a ni'mah from Allah. Your wealth is a great ni'mah from Allah. The safety and the security that you live in, this is a great blessing from Allah. And above all of this is the blessing of your iman, the blessing of your Islam, the blessing of your tawheed, that Allah has guided you to being from his people and from Hezbollah, from the group of Allah. And all of these blessings and favors and many, many more Allah has bestowed upon us from his kindness and from his generosity. And Allah subhanahu said in the Quran, وَإِن تَعُدُّوا نِعْمَةَ اللَّهِ لَا تُحْصُوهَا If you were to try to count the blessings of Allah, you would never be able to do so. إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَغَفُورٌ رَّحِيمٌ Verily Allah, He is ghafoor. He is oft forgiving. And He is rahim. He bestows mercy. And this blessed ayah in Surah An-Nahl, Take a moment to contemplate and ponder over this ayah. Allah subhanahu wa said, وَإِن تَعُدُّوا نِعْمَةَ اللَّهِ لَا تُحْصُوهَا If you try to count and enumerate the blessings of Allah and the favors of Allah, you would never be able to do so. And then he said, إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَغَفُورٌ رَّحِيمٌ Verily, Allah is the most forgiving and he bestows mercy. And if a person contemplates this ayah, you would think that it would be more appropriate for shukr to be mentioned. Meaning any normal person would say, if you count the blessings of Allah, you will not be able to do so. So show shukr to Allah. But rather in this ayah, Allah subhanahu he did not mention the command to show gratitude in this ayah. Rather he mentioned the attribute of forgiveness and the attribute of mercy so forgiveness and mercy is often mentioned and it is appropriate when a person sins and then allah orders us to seek forgiveness however in this blessed ayah allah mentioned him being all forgiving of forgiving and most merciful after mentioning the fact that he has bestowed many blessings upon us and there is a, a sir there is a wisdom or a subtle meaning behind this. 
Meaning, why did Allah mention him being all-forgiving, al-ghafur, after mentioning the many blessings which he bestows upon us? And he did not mention the obligation or the command of showing gratitude and a shukr. And Ibn Kathir, rahimahullah, he mentioned the meaning behind this. Ibn Kathir, rahimahullah, at the, of the, at the tafsir of this ayah, he said, لو طالبكم بشكر جميع نعمه لعجزتم عن القيام بذلك that had Allah requested from you to show shukr, gratitude for all his blessings you would be unable, you would be unable to do so ولو أمركم به لضعفتم وتركتم and had he ordered you to show shukr for his blessings you would be weakened and you would have abandoned. And had he punished you for not showing the shukr which he is deserving of, he would punish you and he would not be oppressing you. However, he is ghafur, the oft forgiving. And he is rahim, the most merciful. He forgives much and he rewards for the little which you do. And these blessings, some of them which I have mentioned, which Allah has bestowed upon us, Ma'ashal Ikhwa, these blessings are a test for each and every one of us. And this is one of the most subtle points that sometimes we miss. So when the word fitna or when the word imtihan, test, tribulation, when this is mentioned, the first meaning which comes to our mind is that Allah tests us with difficulties. However, in Islam and in the Quran, Allah subhanahu wa tells us that he tests us with difficulties just as he tests us with blessings. The blessings are a test and the difficulties are also a test. And all of us, we can appreciate how difficulties are a test. And for this reason, if one of us is ill or uh, a beloved dies or a person loses his child, may Allah protect us. If a person fails an exam, or has problems in their marriage and any other type of affliction and calamity, we say to each other, Akhi, this is a fitna. This is a test. Allah is testing you. Show patience. So all of us understand and appreciate how difficulties and calamities and afflictions can be tests. But also we have to remember that blessings are also a test. So Allah subhana, he decrees difficulties and calamities upon a person to test their iman and to test their sabr and to test their pleasure with the decree of Allah subhanahu and Allah also blesses a person and bestows ni'am upon him or her also to test him to test him of his gratitude to test him of his shukr and to and to test him how he utilizes these blessings. And Allah said in the Quran, Hada min fadli rabbi liyabaluani a ashkuru am akfur. 
this is from the blessings and the bounties of my Lord, so he may test me, that do I show shukar or do I show kufr? Do I show gratitude or do I reject and forget the blessings of Allah? And whoever shows a shukar, then it is for his own benefit. And whoever falls into kufr and rejects the blessings of Allah and is unappreciative, then verily, my Lord, he is ghani. I, he is independent. He is not in need of the people. He is not in need of their worship. He is not in need of their shukr. And he is kareem. He is noble and he is kind and generous. So Allah subhana, his that, his essence, it is kareem. It is generous and kind and noble. Even if nobody worshipped Allah, and everybody disbelieved in him, and everybody rejected him, and everybody negated him. And if nobody showed shukr to Allah, but Allah remains al-kareem. It is from the attributes of his essence, his that, that he is al-kareem. And his karam, his generosity and kindness, it is not dependent upon the needs or the reactions of the people. And this is why Musa salam, he said to his people, in takfuru antum waman fil ardi jamia fa inna allaha laghaniyun hamid. That if you and every person upon the earth was to disbelieve in Allah, then Allah remains ghaniyun hamid. Allah remains al ghani, self sufficient, and He remains hamid, praised, praised, and praiseworthy, regardless of who believes and who rejects. So the point is that we have to realize not only are the difficulties a test, a fitna, also the blessings which Allah has bestowed upon us is a fitna, is a test for us. And for this reason on Yawm Al-Qiyamah, like the Prophet ﷺ informed us, that the two feet of a person will not move on Yawm Al-Qiyamah until he or she is asked about five matters. And the Prophet ﷺ mentioned five great blessings which a person will be questioned over. He mentioned a person's life, a person's youth, a person's knowledge, a person's health, a person's wealth, a person's earning, a person's spending. All of these are blessings which we will be questioned about. And why is this point important to emphasize? Because the life that we are living, those of us who are living in the West or the affluent countries, it's a life in most cases which is based upon affluency, meaning the large majority of us here, alhamdulillah, we're not scared of where we're going to sleep and we're not scared of our next meal, whether it's coming or is not coming. We don't need to go out to search for water. The large majority of us, alhamdulillah, we never fear the cold. We live in safety and security. Subhanallah, our brothers and sisters from amongst the Muslims in the Muslim countries, going to the masjid is a danger. They don't know whether they're going to return. And they don't know whether they're going to see their children in the evening. 
and some of them don't know where the next meal is going to come from and they don't know which bed they are going to sleep on so the situation that we find ourselves in especially in the west and the affluent countries is a situation of affluency and blessings and this is a test from allah just as the difficulty and the poverty is a test from allah and therefore what is our obligation with regards to the blessing which allah has bestowed upon us firstly that we have to realize and appreciate the blessing we have to hold this blessing dear to us that we should not be negligent regarding the blessing secondly we speak about the blessings of allah allah said and as for the blessings of your lord speak about them mention them meaning mention that it is a blessing of allah or a blessing from allah thirdly that we have to be pleased with this blessing which allah has given us and fourth that we ascribe this blessing to allah and this is also an important point we ascribe this blessing to allah hada min fadli rabbi this is from the kindness of my lord and that we don't forget that this is a blessing which allah has given us and brothers and sisters ascribing a blessing back to allah this is from the characteristics of the people of at-tawhid the people of remembrance those people who have in their hearts a great love of allah subhanahu so for example if you have a good education or you have a good earning a successful career or a profitable business and somebody says mashallah how did you earn all this money and how did you pass your exams and how did you go so far in your education the person of ghafla the one who is negligent and forgetful of allah that person will say that i passed my exams because i revised and i set myself a timetable and i had private tuition and how was your business successful because of my hard work and because of the savings which i used to make and this deal which i did and the timing of this trade uh, this answer comes from a person of al ghafla as for a person of tawhid the first answer he gives is hada min fadli rabbi this blessing is not because of my abilities or my skills la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah there is no strength there is no might there is no changing there is no turning except from by allah hada min fadli rabbi rather this blessing is from the virtue of my lord from the kindness of allah upon me and then after this a person says and then i worked hard i revised i saved money and so on and so forth so a shukr for the blessings which allah has given us is extremely important and for this reason allah subhana he reminds us again and again in the quran to show shukr to him he said ya ayyuhalladhina amanu kulū min tayyibāti mā razaqnākum o people of iman eat from the pure matters which we have sustained or provided you washkuru lillah and show shukr to allah meaning enjoy the blessings of allah 
appreciate the blessings of Allah, utilize the blessings of Allah, eat from the pure and the good food which Allah has provided for you. Washkurulillah. However, do not forget to show gratitude to Allah subhanahu. And so, if you ask, what is the way to maintain a Muslim home and to rectify our houses? The first step and the most important step in rectifying our houses is to appreciate and realize how great a blessing this home is for you. And then to show shukr to Allah. And if a person appreciates the blessing of something and shows gratitude to Allah for this blessing, then that person will attach importance to rectifying it. As for a person who is negligent and doesn't consider a home to be a blessing in the first place, this person will not place any importance or attach any importance to rectifying the house. So this is the first step. Also, Ikhwat al-Iman, forgetting the blessings of Allah and being unappreciative of the great blessings of Allah, this is from the traps of a shaitan, from the greatest or the most severe traps of shaitan upon a person, is that shaitan makes that person forget to show gratitude to Allah subhanahu. And subhanallah, this we find ourselves in. So how, how many times have we raised our hands to Allah when we are going through times of difficulty? If an exam is approaching, we raise our hands to Allah and we ask him to make it easy for us. And if a person has not been blessed with children, he or she raises their hands to Allah, asking Allah to bestow upon them a child. And if a person is going through an illness, then a person raises his hands to Allah seeking a cure from Allah. But how many times has one of us raised his hands to Allah to show shukr to him, just to show him gratitude for the blessings which he has bestowed upon us? How many times have we thanked and shown gratitude to Allah in our sujood for guiding us to Islam and guiding us to Iman and guiding us to Tawheed? Never mind all the materialistic blessings which Allah has given us. So as Muslims, as people of Tawheed, it should not be the case that we only raise our hands to Allah to ask Him when we have a need from Him. Rather, the people of Tawheed, they also raise their hands to Allah to show shukr to Him, to thank Him for the blessings which He has given them. And as I mentioned, from the traps and the plots of shaitan upon the children of Adam is that he makes them forget the blessings of Allah and unappreciate the blessings of Allah and forget to show shukr to Allah. And for this reason, you find many people, many, many people, instead of appreciating the blessings of Allah, the only thing which they have is complaints. Instead of remembering the many blessings of Allah and talking about the many blessings of Allah, they complain about a single calamity which has afflicted them. So Allah subhanahu, he blesses a person with a thousand blessings. 
and a person does not show shukr to Allah for those thousand blessings. And then Allah afflicts a person with a single calamity, a small calamity. And we do not stop complaining about this calamity. And this is not the... He said, and then I will approach the people from the front, and also from behind them, and from their right, and from their left. And then he said, and then you will not find the majority of them to be people of Ashukar. So this is what Shaykh overwhelms the people with. From What's that? and behind us and from the right and from the left and above and below and all around us to reject and be unappreciative of the blessings which Allah has blessed us with. And a person carries on forgetting the blessings of Allah and not showing shukr to Allah until a person falls into kufr. And this is also another point, a subtle point that we have to bear in mind. That shaitan traps a person and makes the person forget the blessings and forget a shukr. Why? In order to lead that person to al-kufr. And a person does not realize that he is approaching kufr, but he has approached kufr. He has approached kufr or fallen into kufr. Uh, due to a lack of shukr. And for this reason, in the Arabic language, kufr is the opposite of a shukr. Allah said in the Quran, Remember me, and I will remember you. And show shukr to me, and do not fall into kufr. Show shukr to me and do not fall into kufr. So Allah subhanahu he mentioned these two uh, actions and they are polar opposites to each other. On one side you have shukr on, and on the other side you have al-kufr. And the meaning of kufr here is kufr ni'am. So this is one of the types of kufr. When we talk about kufr in this context, we are not talking about disbelief. Rather, we are talking about kufr ni'm, i.e. rejecting and being unappreciative of the blessings of Allah subhanahu. And then we come to our houses. The great blessing that Allah has bestowed upon us and this is the blessing of a home. The homes and the houses which we live in. These houses which are firm and strong and stable. So we can reside amongst the people. Subhanallah, when the cold comes, we seek warmth in our homes. And when the heat comes, then we seek the shade and the coolness of our very homes. In these homes which Allah has blessed us with, in which we can safeguard ourselves from 
the gazes and the sights of the people. These houses and these homes in which we can make mistakes and we can live upon our weaknesses and nobody knows of these mistakes and nobody knows of these weaknesses except Allah subhana. These homes in which you can be yourself and you don't need to put up an appearance in front of others. These houses and these homes in which when we are tired from the toils of the dunya, we comfort ourselves and we take respite in these houses. These houses and homes in which we cultivate our young and houses and homes in which our elderly can retire. And these houses that when there is an illness or there is an outbreak, then we isolate ourselves in these homes. And subhanAllah, this meaning and these words are no truer than the days that we are living in. And it is said that over 1 billion people right now at the same time on the face of the earth, they have isolated themselves in their houses because of the virus. So when we contemplate and ponder these meanings, then we realize the great blessing of having a home which we can seek refuge and respite and comfort in. And Islam, and we end with this point, Islam recognizes materialistic happiness. Now, so no doubt the true happiness is the happiness of Iman and the happiness of righteous actions and the happiness of the Akhirah, without any doubt. However, Islam also recognizes materialistic happiness. And this is shown in the hadith of Sa'ad ibn Abi Waqqas radiallahu anhu in the Muslim of Al-Imam Ahmad and Al-Albani graded it to be authentic. That the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam said Arba'un min al-sa'adah that there are four qualities or there are four possessions which give a person happiness and contemplate on these four possessions or these four qualities. Al-mar'atu saliha, a righteous wife, meaning a righteous spouse, a righteous partner, a righteous wife for a man and a righteous husband for a woman. Wal-maskanul wasi' and a spacious house. Wal-jaru salih and a good neighbor. Wal-markabul hani and an easy mode of transport. Subhanallah, these four matters, the Prophet وسلم, he described them as being happiness, i.e. materialistic happiness. These four matters, they facilitate a person's life. They bring a person enjoyment in his living. Al-mar'atu saliha, a righteous woman, meaning a righteous spouse. Wal-maskanul wasi' and a spacious accommodation. Wal-jaru salih and a good neighbor. Wal-markab al-hani and an easy mode of transport. And then the Prophet said, and then there are four possessions or four matters which bring a person 
sadness or anxiety or difficulty in this dunya al-mar'atu a an evil woman meaning an evil disobedient spouse a wife for a husband and a husband for the woman wal and a bad neighbor wal and a difficult mode of transport wal and a small restricted place of living or accommodation uh, we'll stop with this bismillah until the next lesson we ask allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for tawfiq for success and guidance allahumma inna nas'aluka al-ikhlas fil qawli wal 'amal we ask allah subhanahu for sincerity in every action and every statement allahumma allahumma shfi mardana wa marda al-muslimin allahumma arham mawtana wa mawta al-muslimin allahumma ighfir lana ma qaddamna wa ma akhkharna وما أسررنا وما أعلنا وما أنت أعلم به منا أنت المقدم وأنت المؤخر لا إله إلا أنت هذا وصلى الله على نبينا وسلم وبالله التوفيق uh, and then there remains another uh, five or ten minutes بإذن uh, الله if any of you have questions to ask you're welcome to ask your questions for the next five or ten minutes Um, the, the question the sister she asks could you please repeat who mentioned the four matters which bring happiness and sadness to a person this was mentioned by the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam in the hadith of sa'd ibn abi waqas radiyallahu an and the hadith has been collected by al-imam ahmad in his musnad wasahahahu al-albani but the Prophet وسلم, said, السعادة, There are four matters which bring a person happiness. الصالحة, a righteous wife. الواسع, and a spacious accommodation. الصالح, and a good neighbor. الهني, and an easy mode of transport. Uh, how does somebody practically count their blessings? Is it something which you sit and list daily internally? Uh, a person uh, practically counts their blessings by ascribing those blessings to Allah subhanahu and also being conscious of the blessings. So, for example, if a person sees an ill person, then he remembers or she remembers the blessing of health. And if a person uh, sees a homeless person, then he, he or she remembers the blessing of a home. And if a person sees a poor person, they remember the blessing of wealth. And the Prophet وسلم, he informed us in the hadith of Abu Hurairah anhu, how we can always remain appreciative of the blessings of Allah subhanahu. He said, Don't look at the one who is higher than you, better off than you, 
Rather, look at the one who has less than you. Because this will uh, keep you appreciating the blessings of Allah subhanahu. Uh, the meaning of a small house, uh, the Prophet وسلم, in this hadith, he didn't say a small house. Rather, he said, a house which is restricted. So a person may live in a small house or a tiny house, and that, and that house is more than sufficient to, for a person and for his or her needs. But when a house becomes restrictive, and this is both physically and also metaphorically, then this is what brings anxiety to a person. Um. <clears throat> There's a question. If someone worships Allah when things go well, but then disobeys him and shows impatience whenever he's tested, is that a sign of nifaq? Uh, worshipping Allah when things are well and then disobeying Allah in times of difficulty, uh, subhanAllah, this isn't only a sign of nifaq, but such a person may be acting worse than the kuffar because Allah subhanahu he told us about the mushrikun Allah said that when they are embarked upon the ship they 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 supplicate to Allah making their religion sincere to him and then when Allah saves them and takes them to the land, and then they fall into a shirk. So the majority of the people, even the people of shirk sometimes, when they are living a life of affluency, then they forget Allah. And then when difficulties upon, come upon them, then they begin remembering Allah. And then they begin supplicating to Allah. As for a person who worships Allah only in times of ease and forgets Allah in times of difficulty, then subhanAllah, this isn't how a mu'min should be. A mu'min, a person of iman, worships Allah in times of ease and affluency, and then when a person goes through difficulty, becomes even closer to Allah subhanAllah. Assalamu alaikum, what is the best way to try and aid the family to do khair? like praying, uh, in Islam, no doubt, actions, they speak louder than words. And people and your family come first. They learn from your actions before they learn from your words. And for this reason, the Prophet wasallam, when it comes to the salah, he said, That the best salah which you can pray is the salah in your house, aside from the obligatory prayers. And this is for the men. And also the Prophet وسلم, he encouraged us to recite Quran in the houses, pray nawafil in the house, pray witr in the house. So when a person's family and a person's children see the father or see the mother 
establishing Islam in the house, uh, this encourages them upon goodness. When the child sees the father reciting the Quran, this encourages them upon goodness. But if a person uh, only hears words from the father and the mother and doesn't see the actions, then subhanAllah, this may encourage them upon a nifaq when we ask Allah for safety and pardoning. Uh, the question about the lecture for the people in Norway, if you contact the admin of Medina College, uh, perhaps Allah will facilitate it. Um, the Arabic of the hadith, the Prophet wasallam said, and there are four matters from sadness or anxiety, an evil woman, and a bad neighbor, and a bad mode of transport and a restricted place of living. Uh, the question from YouTube, should you inform people of your blessings or keep them private? Uh, this goes back to the type of blessing and also your intention behind mentioning the blessing. And also what you expect from the people. So the type of blessing, as I mentioned, if somebody comes and asks you about a particular blessing, even if it's a materialist blessing, you mention it and you ascribe it to Allah subhanahu. And this is the meaning of the ayah. As for the blessings of your Lord, make mention of them. Meaning as for the blessings, the ni'm, which your Lord has bestowed upon you, then mention them and ascribe them back to Allah subhanahu. So the meaning of mention the blessings of Allah does not mean that a person shows off or uh, gloats in front of the people with regards to that which he has given. Rather, it's an act of humbleness that you ascribe the blessing to Allah and not yourself. However, if a person fears jealousy from the people or harm from the people, then there's no problem with keeping the blessing private. Uh, the four matters which are mentioned in the hadith, do you need all these four to be truly happy? Uh, the Prophet wasallam, he said, that there are four matters which are from happiness. So this wording, min as-sa'ada, from happiness, meaning that it gives a person, these four matters brings a type of happiness to a person. Not that happiness is embodied in these four matters only. So we said that true happiness, the hayatun tayyibah, the true happiness, the happy life is the life of iman and at-taqwa, the life of at-tawheed. Even if a person struggles and has very little in this life. And our Prophet wasallam, how many difficulties did he grow, go through? And how many losses did he endure? From his children, his three sons, and his four daughters, all of them died in his lifetime. Except for one, Fatima radiallahu anha, and she died only six months after him. 
and the wives of the Prophet وسلم, some of them died in his lifetime and he was exiled from his place of living and he was boycotted for three years or more in the valley and these struggles they did not mean that the Prophet وسلم, did not achieve happiness so we have to understand the type of happiness we are talking about. When the Prophet ﷺ that four matters bring a person a type of happiness or of from happiness, the meaning of this is materialistic happiness, meaning that they facilitate the life of a person. So no doubt a person being married to a righteous spouse makes their life easier. No doubt a person having a good neighbor makes their life easier. Or a person living in a house or accommodation which is spacious or having a mode of transport which is comfortable and uh, reliable, this facilitates and makes easy the life of a person. Also the opposite, having a spouse which you do not get on with or cannot be trusted or a neighbor who is harmful or a mode of transport which is not reliable or living in a house which is uh, restricted and tight, it brings a person a type of difficulty. So the meaning of this hadith is the materialistic happiness, and this is not all happiness. Uh, dua is what dua can we, the question is what dua can we read to give shukr to Allah times of ease and difficulty? Uh, the meaning of dua is a talab. And at-talab, it is to seek something. So the meaning of at-talab is a request. And you make dua to Allah subhanahu to request from them something, to request something from him and not show shukr to him. Uh, shukr is made through a dhikr, through the remembrance of Allah subhanahu. And we differentiate between a dua and a dhikr. So dua is supplicating to Allah and making a request to Allah. And a dhikr is remembering Allah subhana. So shukr, wallahu a'lam min bab dhikr. Shukr is from the angle of making dhikr and Allah knows best and not from the angle of making dua and Allah knows best. And Allah said in the Quran, in that if you show shukr to me, then I will increase you. So a person remembering Allah and ascribing or connecting the blessing back to Allah and asking Allah for a more and for an increase, this is, uh, this is shukr. And the question, is it better to pray in congregation with one's family in the living room where there are pictures or one's room where there are no pictures. Uh, praying in a room or an area where there are pictures, i.e. pictures of people, this does not invalidate the salah. Rather, it is from the makruha. It is from the disliked actions of the salah. So salah in a room in which there is a picture, it's permitted and the salah is valid. However, it is something which is disliked. And for this reason, uh, as much as you are able to do so, you should remove the pictures. And if you're not able to do so, then you can still pray in that room 
and pray in congregation. And of course, the pictures we are talking about is the pictures of people or animals, i.e. that which contains a soul. Um, can you send the hadith which mentions the four matters of happiness in English? Uh, we'll mention that on Twitter, inshallah, on Medina.com Twitter, uh, at Medina.com. I'll mention them soon. Okay, we'll end with that, bi-idhnillah. Wa jazakumullahu khaira, and may Allah keep all the Muslims protected and preserved. And may Allah remove this difficulty from the people until the next lesson. Hada wallahu a'lam wa sallallahu ala nabiyyina wa sallam.